0: Fresh, 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 fresh is the word I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know You suckers bummy, I am money, I got a ton of flows My weed loud like a motherfuckin' thunder roll Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though We see your kicks and we laughin' yellin' what of those. You see me shining like a suit on puffy You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy That's why the dude call money I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably somethin' to y'all. Tryin' to smoke like me, then come and fuck with you Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it them all And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping, yes, I do this shit to death Until tell I'm running out of breath, until tell somebody cut a check But either way, you know it's fresh, but either way, you know it's fresh Fresh, we
1: fresh, fresh,
0: fresh, 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 Fresh. Mm.
1: Oh yeah! Welcome to another edition of Fresh of the Word. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. Like always, we've got a lot to talk about this week in the world of music, pro wrestling, and MMA. Specifically, WWE wrestling, since this uh, Sunday is the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. With the triple main events, all Hell in a Cell matches, Seth Rollins versus the champion, Kevin Owens. And then my favorite, Match of the Night's. For the women's title, Charlotte, the challenger versus the champ, Sasha Banks. And then also for the U.S. title, Roman Reigns, the champ versus Rusev. So we got a lot of talk about in regards to that and just, you know, WWE in general. Then we ended with a little bit of MMA. But to uh, start things off, I have an interview that I did recently with Detroit hip-hop producer extraordinaire Apollo Brown. I've known Apollo for a long time, before he was even Apollo Brown. And now he has crafted a great life for himself where he's been able to, he can go overseas and tour for a month or two based off just his music. He could just play beats. It's fucking crazy. So it was good to talk with him. And if you'd like to support the Fresh as the Word podcast, there's many ways you can do it. First, you can go to the website, which is freshasthepodcast.com. And click on the support the podcast link. And there's a PayPal link you can shoot any money you'd like to donate. Or there's an Amazon link. Use that link if you want to purchase anything on Amazon. And they'll uh, send back a little bit of commission to uh, Fresh as the Word that way. Um, if you'd like to spread the word on Fresh as the Word, uh, you can go to our um, social media pages, which are um, Twitter and Instagram is Fresh as the Word 1. That's Fresh as the Word, then the number 1. Um, or you can go to Facebook, which is facebook.com slash podcast. And uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to uh, Fresh The Word on iTunes and on Stitcher. Those links are on the website or on the SoundCloud page, which is at soundcloud.com slash Podcast. And please go on to iTunes and give us a, a really dope five-star rating. That will really help out the show and help out people, uh, you know, just getting to uh, know this, you know, podcast that i'm really you know putting a lot of energy into so uh let's get down to the interview with apollo brown good shit uh what's his face dan Severn. dude i just met dan Severn. oh really because he was at uh, one of the uh dan Severn was a East man yeah he was beast, at, one... Yeah, he was was at one of the uh um indie wrestling events i went to in cleveland oh really and he's from michigan too yeah so yeah, yeah I, re- I, re- I remember that too and um yeah, he Those was one of the days,
2: man. It was like Ken Shamrock was a beast. Hoist was a beast, but I hated his fighting style because it was just all ground, and he just was boring as hell to watch, man. He was just submission all day, submission <laughs> old. and it was smart, but it was like it wasn't entertaining, man, because he just has you on the ground and just holds you, and you're like, all right, you guys gonna do something? But, and then Dan Severn would just beat your ass, man. He right, just pounds you the fuck out, and that was crazy, but. Yeah, and what's her face just retired? I guess. Um, what's in- Um What's her face? Uh, the chick that just got beat up not too long ago. The the cocky chick, man. Um, she was like the 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 face of women's M- uh, MMA. What
1: do you mean, Ronda Rousey? Yeah, Rousey. Yeah, yeah. No, not. It's word that she's coming back. Yeah, uh, she just. They just. I just read an article, man. What are talking about? She just said.
2: She's uh she's done and she's going to uh, show business instead. I don't know it might be some we, bullshit.
1: Yeah, with with that stuff, it's like yeah. Man. Shoot, man, uh, Chael Sonnen just came back and he's you know part of Bellator now, and nobody thought he'd leave the UFC or anything. So you never know what's going yeah. on, but apparently they're gonna. The rumor is uh uh. Ronda Rousey's going to come back, and uh, they're actually going to give her a a title shot against uh, uh, Amanda Nunez, who has the belt right now. Yeah, Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Even though I don't know if she deserves it. Yeah, she needs to work up to that shit. But then again, like, that belt has been a hot potato. Like, nobody's... uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nobody's uh, successfully defended it. So pretty much everybody else in that... uh, division has lost (laughs) recently too so one one way or another so i'm not sure who would be the next uh it's
2: crazy how mma man it's just like kind of took over the spot of boxing man like boxing just sucks these days it's not it's just like there's no there's literally one boxer in the sport i mean like floyd is the only one that people are checking for and if Floyd
1: doesn't have a fight, then it's like. <laughs> and then in boxing, watching. and in boxing they have so many titles now. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's not even special to be a champ. I
2: believe they got like six divisions or something like that per, per belt or something six. like
1: that. But it's, it's crazy. Like there's so many. There's so Thunder many belts. Featherweight, bantamweight, lightweight, light heavyweight, uh, middleweight, heavyweight. Like it's. There's so many yeah. belts that it's not even special anymore
2: but it's not even entertaining anymore man it's not exciting dog it was like in the 80s and 90s the shit was exciting man you had like that's back when the heavyweights were were like really ruling that shit and now you got all these little featherweights and shit people your size and shit (laughs) ruling (laughs) right Right. it's It's like like, yeah and it's like that you're not gonna really see you're gonna just see like stings and shit like that you're not gonna see like crazy knockouts and crazy just yeah, You're like, gonna see these little stings. Little some, like stings, little man. Little jabs, stings, you know. And, and you're gonna see like mad like 12 round fights, man. Just full, full bouts. And nobody wants to see a full bout. Yeah, we say that. We're going get, we, we get our <laughs> money's worth. But I think we're just as happy paying $75 for a round one knockout. You know what I'm saying? If it's right. a dope knockout. Like, right. yo, he killed him. Like, people do that shit with Mike all the time, man. Like, you, you knew... That Mike doesn't last past four rounds, man. If he's, if he's, if Mike's going four rounds, he's not going to win, period, because he doesn't have the stamina. But, so you knew when you pay your 60 bucks for, for the fucking pay-per-view, you're only going to get maybe one, two, three rounds, man.
1: Yeah, I, um, a few months back, I forget who was fighting, there was a boxing match, so it was, it was the first time in, like, 50 years that they, uh, showed it on CBS. Mm. Um and that was a really incredible boxing match you know I don't really follow too much boxing yeah I don't but either there, anymore. but there was such a big hype on it that I watched it and it lived up to all the hype mm-hmm. uh, I forget who it was but and I, but I guess it was the first time in like what like 50 years that CBS showed <laughs> it on primetime like okay. and it was, it was a really incredible 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 but it's part. like
2: now man it's like you have to be a superstar or you're to attract any attention to the game and if if like Floyd, if he stops boxing right now, if he retires, there's nobody else that anybody wants to watch.
1: Right, you know, and they're trying Adrian to Adrian
2: Bonner, but he's nobody likes him. He's a fucking <laughs> cocky bastard, and nobody even nobody likes that dude. So it's uh yeah, I mean the sport is dying big time, man. It's like almost dead.
1: Yeah, and you and UFC has been able to pick up some momentum because they've been able to get the the hype machine behind a few people and it stick, you know? Absolutely, man. With the Conor McGregor's and the It's and the...
2: It's it's exciting to watch. Yeah. People want, people want like, because you can go rounds and rounds in a boxing match with just jabs, hold. Yeah. Jabs, jabs, hold. And you're just like, fuck, this is boring as hell. UFC, I mean, it's three rounds of fucking ground and pound, man. Even
1: if it's boring, it's... It's done with really quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's done with in yeah, three, so they, maybe five rounds, you know. Yeah, all it's the
2: changed. steam, man. And it's, it's dope. I don't know, man. Shit's uh, turned into a, a lot better sport than... I, mean, I always thought it was going to be a fad for a while. When I think, it first came out, I thought it was going to be like... Because when it first came out, it was like gory. And people didn't really... Catch on because they were like, "Yo, there's blood all over the place." And did you see him just punch him in the face and elbow his fucking eye and shit? And right. it's like you coming out and dude is <laughs> done, and they're just fucked up. And you're like, "Yo, there's some gory shit, man." And I don't, I didn't think it was gonna catch on because I thought it was gonna be too gory for right, you know. But shit, that shit's been around. Fuck UFC two hundred three.
1: Yeah, on. and it's it's crazy. It's you know it's bigger than ever. You know it's it's not as gory, I guess, anymore. It's not anymore. Yeah, and um, there
2: used to be broken bones like crazy yeah. and shit. And they like,
1: finally, in uh, in New York, finally lifted their MMA band. They had a band. Yeah, they're the only state in the uh, in the in the country that wouldn't allow uh, wow. mixed martial arts, and they shit. and they finally lifted it. And uh, the UFC two hundred five is going to be at uh, Madison Square Garden. Nice. It's going to be like one of the biggest... They're, gonna, nice, they're trying to make one of the biggest cards. That's crazy. Uh, you know, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, they haven't even announced any fights yet because everything that they try to announce gets... Because also what's going on in, in UFC now ever since... And it was kind of like the, the McGregor-Diaz fight when it was originally supposed to happen, the second one, kind of broke this, is the whole idea of fighter pay. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of money going through UFC and stuff now. But these lower card people are basically paying to fight or fighting for free Mm -hmm. after all their expenses and stuff and how much they get paid. And it's getting to the point where they're starting to unionize and and stuff like that because they're just like, there's no reason for me to... Because everybody, like, we like to fight, but we're all here to make money too, you know? Uh Yeah. And the big, the big, one of the big things right now is fighter pay which i understand You you like
2: yeah i mean you're getting your ass beat for shit man you need to get paid paid well
1: after yeah after exp- after your expenses for training in mm-hmm. proper training and stuff like that a lot of these lower card even yeah even some of the people that are on the lower card of the main card you know are That's basically true. fighting for free if if they win you know if they win they might make a little money Mm -hmm. but if they lose like they're basically paying to get ass open
2: (laughs) training travel getting hit in the face and then you you fucking got to pay for that shit that's nuts man
1: that sucks and 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 uh ufc just uh sold for four billion dollars oh shit so and you got fighters not getting paid what and and even cm punk's um appearance and I understand why he'd get paid this much but he got paid uh five hundred thousand for that fight, you know. Wow. And that it's gonna get a lot of eyes onto the UFC but at the same time, you know, like as someone who'd never fought before, you lost. know yeah. you're you're like wow. people are pissed off that you're like, I'm <laughs> shoot, I'm a like legit fighter, you know, on these cards and stuff and I'm pained to fu- <laughs> pain oh, yeah. to come here, you know, Absolutely. basically in the end. Like he's just coming from wrestling and so I mean it's all show. I mean he knew his value and everything, so you can't hate him for that, but yeah. at the same time there's you know, there's a big, big fight, you know disparages and like in the fight pay for between, you know, the top guys and yeah. like someone com Connor McGregor, he like his uh past few I don't even know the figures but it was huge, you know. He's making millions, right? So oh no, sure. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even Nate, Nate Diaz in losing made millions. Damn. You know, so I mean, they got to do they got to do a third fight, don't they? They're gonna. Uh, They're, I, it, it's kind of going back tiebreaker. and forth. It's kind of going back and forth, and I don't know if Dana White wants it. You know, I could care less.
2: Why wouldn't Dana want it, man?
1: I don't know. It's money. Like, I think I think Dana wants them to finally go back and like defend his uh his belt on the the lighter weight class that he has yeah so well
2: shit is shit's crazy man
1: shoot i've been recording this whole time because this was a good conversation oh shit all but it's funny though yeah we've you know we've known each other for a long time and and it's funny like uh where how far you've come man since the first time i met you man I like when the first time I met you, man, you, you were driving a car that needed to be uh, held together <laughs> by, like, uh, duct tape. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it's uh, it's been a ride. It's definitely been a ride, bro. It's, um, you know, I think uh, a big part about it, or part of it is, is, is just staying consistent. You know. I'm still making the type of music that I made back then. And, I mean, that was, like, what, two thousand seven or some shit like that
1: yeah i first met you about 2007
2: 2008 about, yeah, when i'm um, around there back when uh you and you and finale lived together
1: yeah i'm royal oak and oh, yeah. i used to come over you,
2: you, uh yeah you Derek, and tate just come over there man and record and just chill and hang out and uh yeah man just snatch your arm hair off
1: yeah you always man you used to always snatch my arm hair man yeah man why not Funny shit, man. I'm fucking heavy <laughs> flinching in
2: the club and shit. No, it was um no, those were those were definitely good days. That was back when I was living in Cleveland too. So I would travel up. Travel up from Cleveland, man, and you know, be here for the weekend. And uh yeah. Those those were good days, definitely. Traveling out to Traverse City. Going to beats by the Bay and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, man. But uh I think I still I still make that same type of music, man, so I I haven't abandoned that, and uh, my fans, they love that shit, man. They love the consistency, so I always say consistency leads to longevity. So, I mean, I'm cool, man. I I like where I'm at. I'd like to stay where I'm at, to be honest with you, man. I don't really want to, you know, get any bigger than I am right now.
1: It's cool that you've, like, carved this cool little niche in, like hip hop where you've been able to work with a lot of people that most people probably would would dream of you know wanting to work with yeah but you're you're not working with with you don't got all these people on your projects because you had a bunch of dope money but backing you no this is this is this is like mutual respect mutual respect
2: absolutely man everybody i work with is is all about mutual respect I only work with people that I like man i only I only work with people that I'm you know a fan of, and uh you know if I'm not a fan of you, if I don't like your work, man, it doesn't make any sense. I don't care how much money you have i'm not gonna I'm not gonna work with you man
1: but like and I know you're big about when you're doing the projects that actually you work with these people in person, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, talk about you know working making sure that you got you're in the room with these people
2: i mean that's one of the few things we have left man in hip hop like. You know, with, with technology being so advanced now and being able to make albums over, you know, over the internet and online or email or whatever, um, people don't really, you don't really get an organic album, man. Eh? You don't really get a, a natural, you know, sounding album, you know, and, and I think that's partly because people don't work together. Mm-hmm. They They hit each other up on Twitter or or instagram or whatever and then they start emailing back and forth beats and verses and putting things together before you know it there's an album of 15 tracks that you know they just put together over the internet like right and then they're gonna put it out like i, I can't i can't get with that man
1: um i remember hearing that story a lot with uh, guys that would uh, sign major labels and never meet any of the producers that they would uh, that's crazy to me man. like i remember reading a uh, article in spin magazine years ago with wale and, he, and after, that was after his first album, that mm-hmm. was one of his major, like, disappointments. He's like, man, I had all these beats from Swiss Beats, but I was never in the room with any of these guys. That's crazy to me, man. So it's,
2: it's like, I don't know. I, you just, like I said, that's one of the few things we have left, man, to, you know, to take advantage of, man. It's getting in the same room with the artists we're working on, or working with. You know, if it's one song or two songs, that's cool. If I send some beats off for a project, you know, somebody else's uh, album or whatever, that's cool, man. We don't have to get in the studio. But if I'm making an album with somebody, man, if we're doing a full length, you know, 15, 16 joint project and, um, you know, we're we're naming this album after ourselves, you know, no, nah, we're, we're going to get in the studio together and work, man. I want you to. You know, see my face and 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 how I how I look when you come out of the booth after spitting a verse, man. And I want you to see, you know, I want to see your face when I show you a new beat, or or present you with some more beats for the project while we're while we're working. And I want I want to see you, you know, I want to see how you, you know, make the ugly face when the <laughs> beat when the beat comes on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it's just a natural thing, man. I want it, to. It's it's all about reaction. You know, and it's all about being organic in the studio and working together, man, and and just kind of feeding off each other's energy, you know, vibing out. Even if you're you're just in the studio listening to other people's music or your own music or whatever, just vibing out and getting to know that person, man, on a a different level. That's another thing. I don't work with people that, I don't just jump into working with people. I got to get to know you first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tell people, man, my beats are my kids and I kind of, you know, it's like, I don't just hire any babysitter to come watch my kids, man. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? I got to interview you first. I got to build, get to know who you are first, do some research, you know, make sure that you're worthy and and that you can handle it. You know what I'm saying? And kind of see what your past is looking like and all that good stuff, man. So same thing with my beats, man. I'm not going to just give them to anybody. Like, these are my kids and I care about them and I put my feeling in all of them. So... You know, I need to know who you are and and your track record and what you're all about and what you what do you have planned with my beats? Like, you know, all all that stuff, man. And, you know, so I don't just work with people out the blue, man. I got to get to know you first. And then once we get in the studio, it's all organic, man. We already know each other. We're already vibing, building. You know, we get in the studio and it's just natural, man.
1: When um when you're, sort of, when you're working on these uh, projects, these full length projects to people, and after you start, you know, after you're done you're vibing with this person, how do you you know where do you find the nuances to where like you're like, Okay, this is cool for this person? Once you once you uh, sort of that person sort of see something that they like in one of your beats, do you have an idea of where you can go with the other beats, other beats that you might have on hand? Like, where do you go from there once you kind of feel like there's a, a road to go down?
2: I mean, usually, man, I, I have a certain sound in mind. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to go down that road, or it, it, a lot of times it changes up. But I have a certain sound in mind that I'm going for for the project. And, um, you know, I, I'll i start out with maybe sending a batch of five beats over to the MC, and, and just kind of getting the feel from that, you know, what the reaction is to those beats what they like what they don't like out of that first five that kind of give me kind of give me an idea of what they're going for and then you know we'll kind of you know come together and and i try to make mcs uncomfortable man you know what i'm saying like if you're if you're used to a certain type of sound i might not give you that sound i might give you something different um or if you're, you know, it, it just depends, man. But making an MC uncomfortable, from what I found, always makes for better work, man. It makes for better music, and they they just somehow, man, just they it, it brings something out of them, man. That like case in point, um, I'll just say like like verbal Kent from Ugly Heroes. You know, verbal Kent's a raw rah MC, man. He's always been the type of MC that's just like. You know, i slice your face off and then feed you to the giraffes, you know, like <laughs> type of dude. Like, that's how he always, you know, he's always been. Right. You know, his music has always been real rah-rah and braggadocious. And, but when we formed Ugly Heroes, you know, I made him kind of step outside of that and give the people his life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people know when they hear an Ugly Heroes album, it's it's blue collar, real life music. So... Um, and, and, in, in turn, you know, making him uncomfortable like that, he's made some of the best music of his life doing that. Yeah. And now he realizes how good he is, you know, spitting that type of, uh, that type of life shit that, you know, and, and telling people about what he's went through and what he's going through now and, and, and sharing with people. It's kind of like therapy, you know what I'm saying? He's, he, and, and he realizes how, how good he is at it. Now he does it on his own, you know what I'm saying? And so just kind of like, not necessarily changing an MC or, or, or changing an artist into something different or molding them, but just like, you know, trying to make them step outside the box a little bit. Give them a challenge and, and or something? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just something different, um, something that they might not be used to, man. and um, But, you know, it's really all about compromise and you know, kind of knowing that MC's past work and what what they like, kind of studying them yeah. and researching them and, and knowing what kind of sound they like, but also putting in some of the stuff that might make them uncomfortable, man. And, you know, I don't know. It just it just comes together. They, they tend to trust me. That's one of the big things right there. So when I send them beats and I say, yo, trust me on this one, like, <laughs> yo, you this has to be on the album. Like this joint is a, I might send joints over and be like, yo, this one and this one, there's no compromise. Like, these have to be on the album. And they're like, yo, of course, these are amazing. So, it just it just all depends, man. We just, I never really ran into any problems, man.
1: How do you go about doing the solo albums where you just have, like, a collection of uh, artists on it? Like, the uh, the compilation albums? Yeah. Um, now,
2: that that's an album that's almost impossible to get in a studio with everybody. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I did Grandeur, you know, I didn't get into the studio with any of them. Um... Because there's 35 MCs on that album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and they all right. live in different places in the U.S. So, right. you know, you got evidence that lives out west. You know, Raz lives out west. And then you got Sean P. who lived out east. And, you know, people who just live all over the place, man. So, um, it just... You, you kind of got to turn that into an email album. Right. Something I despise. But, it's understandable with that type of album, man. And... um that one was more so just sending off beats. I knew what I, I knew which MCs I wanted on what,
1: um, and Is this I knew- the thing where you're able to like, you're like, here's a couple when you're sending stuff out to them. Like, here's a couple beats that I I I, you know, I envision you, you on. Like, do they f- you know feel like? They have to be on these beats. Well, it's or like that's, how, how they that's go, the thing. How do they go about? You it's know? the
2: thing, man. It's, it, I wouldn't say it's obligation because they don't have to do anything. But right. um, first and foremost, it's my album. Mm-hmm. So if this is the this is the beat I want on my album, and, versus another beat, like I'm not going to give you another beat because I don't want that beat on my album. I want right, this right. beat on my album. So if you rock over it, because I want you to rock over, it, this is what I hear you on, you and so and so or whatever on this on this and you don't like the beat, that's cool. I mean, no no harm, you know. Um, then I just have to give it to somebody else. But this beat in particular is going on the album. Whether you're on it or somebody else <laughs> is on it, I need this beat on the album because this is the beat I want on my album. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to give another beat because you don't like this beat and you want this one, but I don't want this one on my album. I want this one on here. So it's kind of like, please, can you rock over this joint? <laughs> But if you don't want to, I understand. I just have to get somebody else. No harm, no foul. It's cool, man. We'll work again down the road. You know, but um, that particular beat, that's what I want on the album. Because this is my album. Now, when it comes to your album, I'll send you a batch. And if you don't like those, then I'll send you another batch and whatever, whatever. That's your album. So you can pick whatever, you know, what you like. You know, just the. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I didn't have any problems, though. You know what I'm saying? I didn't yeah. really have anybody saying, yo, I don't like this beat. I don't want to rock this beat. Can you send me another one? And I'm like, you know, I was I was dreading that. You know, because I know that not everybody likes everything that I do. That's not a... You can't go into this industry or this business, man, thinking that everybody's going to like everything you do because that's, that's not the case. So I understand that by sending these beats out to certain you know artists you know they might not like them they might not like this particular one and want a different one but i didn't run into that you know and then you run into when you do the uh, compilation album thing and when the album finally comes out and all the MCs listen to the album on their own or whatever like damn dog you gave me this beat but i really would have liked that beat you know you get those whatever like damn man i love the beat i'm on this beat's dope but man, I wish I was on that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's <know>. like <laughs> you like you know it's it's cool, but yeah, I um, know that was about to happen. <laughs> that always happens. That, yeah, that definitely happens, man. But um, it's kind of what what I envisioned. You know what I'm saying? And and I wanted certain MCs to work together that I've never heard work together, and you know just just kind of putting people on
1: the shit that I thought that they would sound good on, man. So. Did you, um, like on had did you ever have any examples where you felt like you were able to challenge any of the MCs with what you gave them? No, not necessarily
2: because all the MCs I picked for the album are amazing MCs. And I think they're the type of MCs that can rock over anything. If I would have gave them the worst beat ever, I think they could have rocked over and made it <laughs> dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I picked these MCs because I'm fans of them. Um, whether they're old legends or whether they're young, new, uh, you know, new MCs, whatever I'm fans, you know, I'm a fan of them and, and, and they're amazing. So I never really, I, I didn't, I didn't send over anything with the, uh, with the whole challenge aspect in mind. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of like, yo, this beats dope. I hear you on it. Um, help me with this album and rock over this joint for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just that's just kind of how it was man no no challenges and i think there wouldn't have been any i mean they're all perfectly capable MCs, man right you know i mean you got chino excel and finale on the track together i'm saying come on man i could have gave them to anything man (laughs) right and they would have spit just as good as they spit on the joint that i gave them you know what i'm saying like that's just i don't know no challenges man none
1: Outside of your own projects, whether it's compilations or just the full-length collaborations, um, when it comes to the stuff that you've done for other people's albums, you know, generally, what's your, been your experience with that? Has it been good? Is it something that you like to do? Um, you know, it's funny, man. Being a producer,
2: that's kind of like the idea of being a producer is sending off beat tapes and getting beats on... You know, all kinds of different people's albums. That used to be the thing. That, that was, was the only thing. Really? You know what I'm saying? You know, producers didn't make albums, man. That wasn't a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was your 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 job as a producer, man, was to get placements. You know, so you would send off whatever, or you'd have somebody come over and listen to beats and you know, it's like, yo, I'm gonna get joint on this dude's album, joint on this dude's album, two joints on this dude's album, whatever, whatever. And whether you got paid or not, man, whether you got upfront money or you got, you know, back-end money, um, that's just kind of what you did, man. But now, I think we're in a time where it's a little bit harder to to sell beats. You know what I'm saying? I've heard it from a few, um, a few producers that are higher than me in the game. It's a little harder now to sell beats because you have so many people giving away beats for free. Yeah. You know, I've had people say... Yo, um, how much do you charge? And I'm like, I I charge this much. And they'd be like, oh, man, I can't pay that, man. And plus, I'll just get a beat from a man down the street who sounds just like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) shit like that. And I'm just like, you know, what do you say? I'm like, all right, man. Well, you know, I'm not going to lower my price unless, you know, it's mutually beneficial. But um, so... Selling beats is kind of hard, man, because you got so many people giving away beats for free, or you see people on Twitter talking about twenty dollar beat specials and <laughs> right. you know shit like that you, <laughs> you're like what you like what what kind of beats are you, you giving the twenty dollars? what is this so it 's like um, you know I need something to do with my beats, man, so I make albums, and it, it's you know i 'm always happy when I get placements man it 's always cool to put beats on other people 's uh you know, albums, or when we, you know, my peers call me up, I'm like, yo, Apollo, I need a beat, man, I need something that sounds like this, or I need, you know, I'm missing this on my album, or I, I need you on my album, man, yo, what can we do, <laughs> or yo, I want to come over and listen to something, or or send me a batch, or whatever, I'm always, you know, I'm always for being, you know, that producer and playing that role that the producer should in shopping beats and getting them on projects, but, It's just a little different nowadays, man, and that's why I make so many albums with MCs that I'm fans of, man, because I need something to do with my beats, you know, they just, or if I didn't, they'd just be sitting around here collecting dust, man, you know, so I make instrumental albums, or I make albums with all, you know, people, or, or compilation albums, or whatever, but I gotta, I don't make beats to sit on, you know what I'm saying? I make beats for the people to listen to. And I have to put it out, man. I can't. I don't make shit to sit on. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit on music, man. I just, I can't see myself doing it. I'm going to sit, I'll sit on whack shit. <laughs> I got tons of whack beats. Tons of horrible shit. <laughs> and I'm going to sit on that. You'll never hear that. You'll, you'll never hear them joints, man, ever. You know, experimental shit or, you know, stuff that I just didn't know what I was doing or or it's just shit that just came out whack to me. It might be somebody else's treasure. Somebody else might love them. But if it's whack to me, Personally, you're not going to hear it. You know, you might go through my catalog after I'm dead, you know, like they're doing Dilla, and might hear some shit that you absolutely love. You might. Right. But you probably won't because I'm (laughs) going to burn my catalog before I die. So um, you won't get a chance to hear anything that I didn't want you to hear. So,
1: yeah, man. And if, yeah, if you didn't sort of, you know, put your, you know... Go forward with you know doing your own projects, you probably would have never worked with any of these people if you had to wait for their projects. Oh,
2: absolutely, bro! (laughs) Absolutely, man. Because I mean, it's just like good projects nowadays are a dime or not a dime a dozen, They're, they're 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 uh, what is it, uh, few and far between. So, and waiting for somebody to come out with their their project after I give them a beat or two or three, and I'm like, yo, what you doing with that beat, man. I gave it to you three years ago, bro. <laughs> like, and I had to start coming up with rules, man. Like, yo, i give you six months. Like, you can, you, I don't let an MC hold on to a beat um, no longer than six months unless he can show me that he's doing something. Like, he can show me that, you know, he has, he recorded to it or, you know, he has something towards that beat, Um and he's putting it on an album or whatever, and and you know. But if he's just sitting on it, man, being greedy, bro, you costing me money, man. Like I could put that either on one of my albums, or I could slide that to the next MC, man. Like don't sit on my shit. Like a lot of MCs do that. They like to sit on beats for years, man, and be like, and then get mad when you when you sell it off or or do something else with it. It's like yo, you've been sitting on it for three years, man. Like you can't can't do that man you're being greedy and and you're stopping my money and my progress so um yeah i mean it's it's you gotta find something to do with the beats man and um and we're steady making beats as producers so I mean, what you gonna do man i mean if those for those who can sell them sell them man i can sell them a little bit but i don't sell them not near as how you know how i used to and a lot of times i don't have an interest in selling them i might make something that's amazing and I'm like, yo, I'm going to be like Black Milk. I'm keeping that for myself, bro. <laughs> right. like, that's mine. I'm putting that on an album that I'm putting out. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's, you know, and I set it to the side. I got a batch that I'll send off, which are all dope. I don't, I don't make, in my opinion, I don't make throwaway beats. So um, every beat that I send out or every beat that I have in the catalog that's available are bangers, man. It's something that's it's amazing. If it's not good to me, I'm not going to give it to you. Like, if I wouldn't rock it, then I'm not going to give it to you to rock. You know what I'm saying? So, that's just, yeah. We need something to do with these beats, man. It's different.
1: And another thing you've been able to do because of the style of your beats is actually tour and be able just to play your beats. Yes. And people, like, especially overseas, love that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's it's to me, at first, I was like, yo, this is the craziest shit ever, man. I'm literally traveling the world <laughs> playing beats. <laughs> like, I go by myself with no MC. You know, a lot of times I'm with MCs or, you know, I have a group with me or whatever. You know, I have people with me. But there's many times where I go by myself, whether it's out to Europe or Russia or um, or Australia, New Zealand, or whatever, by myself just to play beats, man. That is crazy <laughs> to me. But that goes to show where the producer is right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, the DJ has had his day. not saying that y'all don't got your day still. I mean, I mean there's nothing without the DJ. So. Right. But, but it's definitely but not our DJ, day these days. The DJ has had... <laughs> you know, the DJ had the forefront for a long time, where it was just all about the DJ. It was, you know, the DJ was the backbone for everything, yeah. man. Then the MC had the forefront. And it was like... You know, in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, you didn't even know what a producer looked like. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's many people that didn't didn't know what Premier looked like, or DJ Muggs, or P-Rock. They didn't know what they looked like. You know what I'm saying? You could walk past them in the mall, and you didn't know who you just walked past. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know what a producer looked like. You know, and now that the producer's in the forefront, and we have been for for a few years now... um, it's we got pictures out there, we got videos, we got, we're you know we're just like, we're we're all in the forefront, and everybody wants to know first and foremost when a song comes on, yo, who produced that? That's the first question people ask, man. Yo, right. who made that beat? Right. Who made that beat? Like, yo, it's before the even the verses, the vocals didn't even start yet, and it's like, yo, who made that beat? That's the first question everybody asks, man. And and that's, you know. Why wouldn't you want to be in that conversation, man? I want to be that person. You know, when people say, yo, who made that beat? They say, yo, Apollo made that beat. That shit's crazy. Um, but, yeah, man. It's just, I don't even remember what the fuck I was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about... uh What were we going into? What was I going into before I went over there? We are just talking about how you travel. You can travel. Oh, yeah, 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 her, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. No,
2: no, no. So, so... Like, traveling, man, like, going going to different countries all over the world, man, just playing beats. It's like, I think some people are catching on to that now. Um, I think uh, Prem and Pete Rock started traveling, playing beats. Alchemist and Just Blaze was doing it for a minute. Um a few people are catching on because when you go overseas, man, it's like, there's kind of a different respect for the music. Um, and there's a different respect for instrumentals you know versus vocalized tracks man you know what i'm saying like so there's people i could play beats for four hours straight and there's people that will stand right in the front you know and just vibe out to every single beat i play you know i did that it's it's i've did that a couple times man where it's just like just been a whole night of that shit and it's you know people don't leave they just they vibe out to that and I've been at places where, you know, playing beats or whatever, and then, you know, the beat sets over with, and then the MC comes out, or the MCs come out, or whatever, and yo, they're like, yo, just play beats, play <laughs> beats, you know what I'm saying? They don't right. even, even want to hear any vocals. They're like, yo, just play beats. And it's not like they're in the crowd, like in the U.S., you know, in the U.S., when when you're doing a beat showcase or something, you'll you'll look in the back and you see a cipher going. You know, you'll see a big group of people over there spitting. You know, or maybe two or three different ciphers going in in the same room. Not over there. They don't. They just listen. They just vibe out, man. Right. That's the difference too be, between um, being overseas and being domestic. When you're playing for home, like whether it's here in Detroit or New York or L.A. or Chicago or DC wherever you go um it seems like 75% of the people in the crowd are other producers and other MCs right. you know what I'm saying so they're sizing you up man they're sitting there they're looking at you while you're performing <laughs> and they're like yo I could flip that sample better than he can or I could spit bars better than that dude or you know they're, so they like analyzing you and sizing you up man so it's kind of a dip, different atmosphere when you go overseas That same amount of people, that same 75% are fans, strictly fans. They're not MCs, they're not producers, they have nothing to do with music other than the fact that they love listening to it, you know what I'm saying? So that's the difference, and that translates in a totally different type of support, um, whether it be monetarily or... Just emotional support. Just like, yo, I'm here, and I'm in this music, and I have tears running down my face, and I love this shit, because it's amazing. Or they just have their hands up. Hands up. Call they and like response. Just... Like, yo, everybody put your hands up. The whole crowd's just like... <laughs> and they're yelling, and it's just like everybody's into it. You know, and they're not sizing you up. You and then you I'm just saying? realize, I'm
1: like, I'm just playing beats. Right yo, and now. then you realize, <laughs> yo, like,
2: I'm, I do it all the time. I'm just... Be- I'm, 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 playing, not having a I'm, not I'm having playing guitar solo. I'm having a drum solo. Yeah, man, I look at I'm <laughs> looking at a crowd of like five thousand or six hundred or twelve hundred or whatever it, it may be. I'm looking at the crowd, and I'm just like, damn, man, I'm just I'm literally just playing beats right now. Like I'm not I'm not a performer. I get on the mic, but I don't get on the mic on some like DJ Clue shit. <laughs> right, like, yo, yo. Yo, yeah, no, I don't do any of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I literally come out. They know who I am. I say what I got to say. I get started. I start playing beats. They love it and go crazy, man. And it's like, no. And then when I got, you know, I'm, I'm out with, you know, an MC or or a group or, or whatever. Like me and Guilty, we we ran through Eastern Europe and Europe <laughs> and Russia and like we. Man, we did damn near a hundred shows on on a, on, a, on the. Uh, we just we just came back a few months ago from doing uh, um, Dice Game tour. Right. And Dice Game came out like five years ago, man. Right. So, you still like doing saying, Dice like Game four years ago. <laughs> so it was like, and they still want us to come out there, and we like, cool, whatever, you know, we'll come out. You know, I do my beat set, and I bring Guilty out, and they go crazy, and it's just like they love underground hip hop, man. They love anything from Detroit, right? Anything from Detroit. Detroit is one of those cities that, no matter what you're putting out, no matter what you're doing, um, those abroad are always checking to see what's going on in Detroit. Man, it, it's it's one of the few cities that they check for first and foremost about what's going on. Whether it's an MC, whether it's a producer, what album, um, this this and that, Dilla this, proof that, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like they're checking for Detroit, and I love that I'm a part of, you know, the the Detroit hip-hop cloth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's it's crazy, man. This, this shit's crazy.
1: Yeah, I remember um, after Trophies came out, I uh, interviewed uh, OC, and he was telling me about your tours over there, and he was just like, man, I just, you know, see Apollo doing his thing, and I just go to him, I'm like, man, you just playing beats, and they... They're They going nuts, man. Yeah, man. He was so shocked. He was like, oh my, I can't, this is crazy.
2: It's crazy, man. And I don't go over as much as I used to. I used to go over all the time. And now I got like kind of of a rule where, you know, especially since my life has changed, man, you know, I got a family now, I'm married, children, um, you know, I'm kind of a little little more, you know, rooted, but um, my rule is no more than three times a year, uh, no more than three weeks at a time. So... I used to go over for eight weeks at a time, man, you know, be over for two months, pay my rent up you know, <laughs> for six months and be like, I'm out. You know, obviously this is back when I was a bachelor and I can do that type of shit. Right. But, um, you know, I go over there and, and just do what I had to do. And, um, many, many times, you know, three, four, five, six times a year. Nah, it's just kind of like, you know, I do it, you know, a little bit more sparingly and, and. Um, try to stay home with the family as much as possible. But, you know, when I rock, man, they listen and it's amazing, man. I love that shit. Love it. And we about to do a domestic tour here. Um, not sure of the dates yet. Uh, but we're going to run the East coast, run the West coast do a little South, you know, a little Midwest. Um, yeah. Cause you got the, the new album with Sky zoo coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to do a little bit, man. And, uh, See what the domestics all about, man, and you know, because I don't really, I do spot dates and stuff, but I don't really tour, tour the states much, man. So I'm gonna change that this year. It's kind of tough sometimes
1: to tour the states, you know. It's
2: tough, man. It's tough.
1: It's different. Like I said, the support's different. <laughs> you kind of uh, hit. The, you kind of hit. You know, only, can only hit those certain like key markets. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and you you want to go outside of those key markets, but you just know you can't really. I mean the money's not there, you know what I'm saying? Even in some of the key markets here, the money's not there, right. you know, and, and, you know, the support's
1: not there. Because and, and it's weird, like, in these other markets, <clears throat> they, they, they kind of consume other things, and it's kind of weird. Like, I remember, like, a few, like, years back when the whole, like, EDM boom mm-hmm. happened. Like, these weird smaller towns all over the U.S., would have like five thousand kids for some dubstep yeah, show, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was happening all over the year. Like, how did And you like where would y'all come from, <laughs>
2: right? Where Where are you from, man? But you know, so but that's the good thing too about hitting some of the smaller markets, man. Some of the smaller cities and towns um, in the U.S., man, is they're not used to getting people to come. So when people do come, yeah. They, they're all over it. They're like, yo, I'm jumping on this, man. Nobody's ever came to my city. Or, you know, people come to my city maybe once or twice a year. So, when somebody comes, and it's almost like, I don't even care who it is, I'm going. You know, <laughs> like, I'm just going to, just for the experience. Just to go and, and listen to some good music. They go, man. And um, that's why hitting those smaller markets is cool. But, again, you know, the money is not necessarily always there. And... You're kind of taking a gamble because you're hoping they come out, but what if they don't? Right, yeah. A lot of like the rock
1: bands out there, they just tour like you know, three fourths of the year, you know, because they have to, Mm -hmm. but they hit all those towns. And then if they can come go back, they try. If not, oh well, you know, they'll skip that time, you know, maybe another time, you know, yeah. So it's kind of hit and mess. It's definitely a gamble, man, you know what and it's funny like he- hearing people from like like from from the uk t- um, bands from the uk talk about uh touring uh the states because mm-hmm. they're like it's so wide open you gotta drive everywhere <laughs> like when we do yeah. a uk tour we hit these you know same 20 cities and you can do that in two weeks or whatever you do that in three weeks and you're you know you don't gotta really drive you know
2: Shit, you drive too far, you're in another country, man. (laughs) Right. That's that's how close everything is. That's like
1: the one craziest thing for them when they come over here. They're like, man, it's just like so much driving, man. You have to drive. Yeah. In between everything. It's a a big country,
2: man. (laughs) They, you know, but it's a lot of good places, a lot of good good cities, and you can't neglect your fans. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You know, there there might be. Even if there's just five people at your show, man, versus 5,000, you still got to rock for those five people. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to worry about the people who
1: are there, not the people who aren't there. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how a lot of people that do rap whatever was able to build a solid foundation in the States mm-hmm. is, like, when they first got there. Oh, you seven people came to my show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be my street team here. So the next time so I the come next here, next time
2: word of mouth says <clears> there'll <throat> you know, be fifty the people. Dope. Here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> or a hundred people next time. You yeah. know, then we we'll to build and build and build. You know, that's what you know. That's what someone like Tech Nine did. You know. Oh
2: man, Tech Nine is killing shit, man. He's killing shit. His merch game is crazy. Like his whole shit is is nuts. What he make? Like six million last year? So he made like that. yeah he made a something crazy, man. I was like, yo, this dude is nuts, man. You know, but. You know, Strange Music, man. They're doing their thing. They got a crazy cult following, bro. Oh, dude. call <laughs> cult following, man. That's nice. It's good to have, man. Yeah. It's, it's guaranteed money. Right. A guaranteed support, bro. Like, no matter what you make. Type of music you make. You can come out with the worst
1: album ever. And Tech Nine <laughs> puts out, like, him himself puts out, like, two or three albums out a year himself. Yeah, Not man. even com- counting the artists he puts out. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. So, I mean, he getting money no matter what.
2: Absolutely, man. And all his fans are buying every last one of them, plus a shirt and a hat.
1: He he kind of he kind of he he, he took the page out of the uh, Insane Clown Posse's book about yeah. merch and business yeah, and everything. They got a crazy following, too. And he kind of went the same route and was even able to build upon it even better than mm-hmm. what they were doing, you know? Yeah. So, it's nuts, man. You know, if you can get it, get it. Okay, so you got this um, new album coming out with um, Sky Zoo. Um, you know how 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 did things come about? You know me and Sky Zoo. How did this happen?
2: I mean, me and Sky have known each other for a while. Um, you know, we've always uh, you know you see each other in passing or, or at at certain venues. I mean, we're in the same I guess subgenre if you if you want to call it that or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. You know nothing really ever came of 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 anything man until we um we started touring together we toured together um back in fourteen and uh w- you know we we joke around or whatever and, and I gave him a beat for his album and um i, I did a beat for uh, his album to double bear or the um um uh, barrel Brothers album yeah that was and, a dope uh, album. yeah yeah and they did a joint for me for grandeur and just the fans kinda caught wind of us working together and, and they liked the chemistry. They liked yeah. what was going on. The music was good. And um you know, we had joked on tour about, you know, kinda doing some work, man, and you know, getting together and, and making some more music, man. It wasn't really an album what we were talking about, just making more music, man, and um because that sound check, I would play a bunch of beats that I wouldn't play at the shows, right, and being on tour, he, like he would- he would hear some of the beats on at the shows, and I'm like, dang, man, but then I would play shit that you know I didn't play at the shows or whatever and he'd be like, yo, what's that, man? I didn't hear that like yo, and so then we started kind of going over beats and um but really, we just you know we kind of parted ways after tour, man you know he went he went back to New York, I came back to detroit, and um but over that time, we started seeing just, like, mad Twitter messages and um, Instagram comments and, you know, Facebook wall posts about, right. yo, you and Sky Zoo should do an album together. Yo, Sky, you, you should get with Apollo and do an album. <laughs> so yo, give the fans Apollo, what they want. man, Sky Zoo, man, y'all, y'all, man, y'all. And we, I mean, we <laughs> saw that so many times where I, I hit him up and I was like, yo, man. I know you're seeing
1: all these all these Twitter messages
2: and all the, all this social media about me and you working together. And he's like, dude, I'm seeing that, man. I've saw I've been seeing that like crazy. And I'm like, dude, man, let's let's just go ahead and make it happen, man. And let's uh let's go ahead and make this album, bro. Like the people want it. You know, we had we had talked about doing something. So we might as well carve out, you know, some time and you know i'm i'll 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 wipe out some some shit from my schedule man you do the same and you know let's make this window of opportunity to make this album so we did um flew him out here you know we i gave him all the beats man and uh you know gave him time to conceptualize and you know figure out what he wanted to do um and then uh flew him out man stayed stayed here for about 10 days and we went over to tapes and knocked it out man and Probably about seven of those ten days or something like that, and then uh the other few days we just kind of just kind of showed them around the city, man, we just kind of chilled or whatever, but um it was all work, man, all day, every day, all work, no play, <laughs> we didn't go to the strip club or we didn't go to the club no we went to uh it was we went to uh slum village had a show it was like slum guilty uh black milk fat oh, yeah. cat over at majestic yeah yeah we, so we went to that show. Um, yeah, you know, I was glad something was going on while he was here, so I can take him to it. And then um nah, man, we just you know, he 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 wrote and recorded the album right here and um you know we did it. Came out great, amazing album, good music, relatable music, and uh that's that man, the rest is history. Is there any sort of theme to this album? Um, I mean the theme is this, it's kinda like the same as what I like, man. It's this real life shit. You know, there's not a really any, you know, there's may, maybe a couple bangers on the album, but most of the album is just on some real life chill, um, just some just some cooling out, riding music, man. It's kind of what I'm into these days, man. It's kind of my mood. Um, I've always made that, but I was always on that real hard, hard, like, you know, grimy, you know, just banger type tip. Yeah. But I just don't. I'm I'm maybe for every ten beats I make, I might make one of those. Now, everything else I make, man, it's just real chill and life, because that's me now, man. It's like, (laughs) yo, I'm I I live a different life, you know. I'm a family man now, man. I'm not, you know. So it's just kind of like that's kind of my inspiration, man, and that's how I feel. That's my mood. But, um, you know, I was talking about earlier, man, about taking uh, MCs out of their comfort zone, man. I think that was one of the things we did on this album um making him uncomfortable and giving him the type of beats that is his his um just his fans aren't really used to, you know what I'm saying from yeah. him, you know. You know, Sky's really, you know, if if you hear his music, it's usually really orchestral and um very you know, a lot of a lot of instrumentation, really big. Yeah. You know, um me I'm a minimal producer, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm very minimal very minimal with my drums, with my samples. Um, and I like to keep it like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not... I don't add this and add that and add that and overproduce, man. A lot right, of times right. I might underproduce. So, um, just kind of giving him something and making him rock over something that... Like, I, there's a couple joints on the album that are drumless, man. Like, just some, like some real, you know, sample, dirty sample loop type stuff that he doesn't... That's not what he does. You know what right. I'm saying? But... You know, allowing him to to kinda spread his wings over that type of shit, man, it's you know, it was it was uncomfortable for him, I'm sure. But I he he kinda did that to me too. I got uncomfortable on this album. Like I, I broke out the eight oh eight drum kit, you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not an eight oh eight producer, you know what I'm saying? So um I got a couple of joints on the album that, you know, eight oh eights and Double time hi hats, man, and kind of turning it up like a little that. bit. You know what I'm saying? Turn turned a, it up a little bit, a little, <laughs> little bit, man. And it's uh, but but still, you know, it still kept Apollo Brown in it. You know what I'm right. saying? So you know, you know, you know, it's it's an Apollo Brown joint. But um, so I think we made each other uncomfortable, which made for an amazing album, man. And um, yo, I love it, man. And and
1: September 30th, the plug. Kind of going back, like um what what sort of a, you know what sort of a kid were you growing up <laughs> um,
2: i was a very outgoing kid um i was kind of uh i don't know man i i was i was i, wouldn't, I wasn't i was wasn't tough I, w- I was never tough i was never a tough kid but i was i was uh it's really like, I would tell my wife, man, like, kids, a lot, of, a lot of time kids didn't want to play with me when I was young because it was too rough. Like, I wasn't tough, but I was rough. Like, I was like the rough little boy who played too hard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, I tackled you too hard or, you know, elbowed you in the face playing basketball or whatever, and nobody wanted to play with me, really, because of that. And um, Your boundaries were a little off. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always, you know, that, that type of dude, but... Um, you know, growing up, man, it was, you know, I was always an athlete, and, um, it was just, I I was always respectful, I always made friends, I never had a problem making friends, I never had a problem, you know, being by myself either, and and entertaining, um, myself, so, I don't know, man, I was a good kid, I never got in trouble, never really got in trouble, man, I was, I was a good kid, didn't do anything out of the ordinary, man. You know just like to just like to play around and you know it was regular man very regular
1: what was your first you know sort of memory of music what was first things that you remember listening to um
2: man i mean growing up i grew up in grand rapids so growing up in grand rapids was like literally top 40 everything man it was like there was no you know there was really no hip-hop or um R&B was even scarce, man, you know, growing up in Grand Rapids, man. Everything was more so, you know, soft rock, man, like, you know, or or um, alternative 80s or something like that, man. You hear a lot of Duran Duran or a lot of Journey. <laughs> right. You know, Journey would be on the on radio or, you know, stuff like that, man. So that was like, you know, usually what I was exposed to a lot, man. But um, my dad had a record collection down in the basement, man, and I would go down there And I would listen to, like, Richard Marks. I don't know why my dad had a Richard Marks album. But he also had, uh, my dad exposed me to to Sugar Hill Gang. And uh, so I used to go down there and listen to that a lot, man. And that was probably my earliest, you know, probably my earliest memory of really uh, getting into music and really liking the sound of it. Not necessarily analyzing it yet, right breaking it down or anything like that. But just like, yo, I really like this song. You know, and um Rapper's Delight was like that was the shit, man, and my dad knew the words and go down there was on a record on a vinyl and just like Yeah. Go down there and listen to it all the time, man, and just kinda of sit on the couch and memorize the words and um so probably like, yeah, man,
1: probably Rapper's Delight, man. Yeah, speaking of record collections, like in your record collection down here in your basement. The top three records you have here, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, Isaac Hayes, Black Moses, and Jimi Hendrix' Experience. Are you experience? These are all records that I got from my parents. Were yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. funny to see all those three well, up they're there. Oh, man, those are great records, <laughs> man. And the Jimi Hendrix, that was like my f- first album that I ever loved.
2: That's like an album that you have to have, man. I think if you... Like, I'm not a... Cl- I, I'm not a collector. I'm not a. Right. I'm not a vinyl collector. You know what I'm saying. You see, I have maybe ten crates of albums, man, total. You know what I'm saying. And I'm a. I'm a digger. Yeah. There's a difference, man. I'm a digger, but I'm not a collector. So, right. Right. You know, I dig. Do what I need to do with the album. If it sucks, I'm taking it back. I'm getting <laughs> credits. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the albums that I have here, are all albums that I actually like and all listen to. You know, so everything behind these this is all stuff that I actually will throw on the turntable and sit back and listen to and not use for just sampling purposes you know what I'm saying
1: I still have like the Jimmy Hendrix experience like our experience record that like my mom had has my mom's name on the back of it you know that's dope so (laughs) same thing with like the dark side of the moon it's like I got I had all these records that I got from my parents you know there was so much like good stuff in there but it was, like, Jimi Hendrix and, like... When I was, like, six or seven years old, it was, like, Jimi Hendrix and The Who that really... And it was, like, The Who stuff from, like, the 60s. Yeah. Like, Magic School Bus, My Generation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, shit like that, you know? That really got... And then my favorite band of all time, from that time to this day, Def Leppard. Oh, wow. Was my thing when I was... Yo, like how did 60s. my man drum with one arm, bro? <laughs> they, um... He designed this thing where... The, um, he could do whatever he needed with, that he needed to do with the one arm with his foot. Oh, okay. Really?
2: Yeah. Wow. So he had one foot on the kick and then the other foot was like doing other shit? Yeah. Oh, wow. He was using both feet. Wow. That takes some crazy, uh, (laughs) hand, hand, leg, foot coordination, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah, they did design this whole thing where like he used both of his feet and he... He used so, he
2: would have one foot um, hi-hat in it, and he'd have an, the, the one arm on on the snare, probably, yeah. and then the whole other leg yeah, you dog. Can, can like, both. that. that's some crazy shit. I can't even play the drums <laughs> regular with two hands. So, you know, I'll go over Tate's crib, man, and I'll just play around. And, you know, I'll get the hi-hat going, I'll get the snare going, or whatever. I'll just be like... And as soon as I bring the kick in, all that shit just goes... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it, man. But no, that's just crazy, Def Leppard, man. I used to, um, I used to work out to Rocket, man. Oh yeah, Rocket is my shit. I love Rocket,
1: bro. That is a great song. Oh, definitely. I still remember like it was yesterday, like the day that the video premiered on MTV. That's that's a great song, man. Like,
2: yeah, I used to um turn that shit on, man. Just like
0: Rocket, yeah.
1: <laughs> i still don't know what they say right there <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the biggest def Leppard fan and i still never went back in so you don't know what they say right there me, me no i don't but you got rocket yeah <laughs> i have yeah. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> i don't I'll know what the hell they say right there i'd yeah. have to go look it up on uh on genius to see what it says but no idea what they said right there i where are they, they from they're from um they're from like uh, manchester england oh they're from the uk okay. yeah okay Yeah, no, I just... um... I think, I think, Manchester. no, 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 Sheffield, England. I always remember Sheffield because it was like a big steel town and there a bunch of other bands that came from Sheffield and it was just like... Hmm. It was one of those towns where like you either, like once you got out of school, you either worked at the steel mill or you didn't have a job. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So everybody wanted to leave. Yeah, one industry, man. And it's like, that's, it's it. And you're there all your life. You know, either you go into that or... You better leave. I think um
2: I think I got that face value that Phil Collins from my dad's collection. The rest of it I know I the rest of them I, I bought. Um I know my dad has all these and especially the Yusef Latif. Um my dad's from Detroit so that was kind of a staple. Yeah. Um but I think that face value, the Phil Collins joint is is my dad's or mine
1: now. Sorry dad. Yeah, and I got other things like other Isaac Hayes records and Al Green records from my parents and Led Zeppelin and yeah, um, no doubt, Black Sabbath and stuff. So I had all these like cool records like when I was like a teenager to like go with, once I finally like had a record player that worked and stuff.
2: So yeah, kind of I used through. to man, I used to go downstairs and um, down in the basement and act like I was scratching on my dad's records or on his <laughs> record player. And he caught me doing it one time and just man, I got it. So bad. He was like, "Do you know how much those styluses
1: are?" Right. Those. Yeah. Those like, things. Like.
2: Dog, man. It's. <laughs> I, I got in trouble so bad doing that, but I just, you know, you see it on TV, and it was part of hip hop, man, and you know, you scratch, and I've always wanted to be a DJ, man. I think. I remember when I was in college, man. I bought um, a pair of turntables and a and a uh, and a mixer, man, and I didn't know anything about it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, I'm trying to scratch, and the shit's just not working. And I'm like, fuck, man, what is going on? This is horrible. I hate this right now. I was already making beats, but I wanted to be a DJ for some reason. <laughs> I fucked around and bought belt drive turntables, which was the worst. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I didn't know it at the time. I just right. thought turntables were turntables, you know what I'm saying? These were belt drive turntables. So every time I would slow it down, it would just go... It would, Back into like <laughs> right. it was just like, yo man, what? And then somebody was like, oh man, you need to get direct drive, bro. And I'm like, what's the difference? He's like, man, let me show you the difference. <laughs> let me play on his shit. I think it was Benny Ben. Yeah, yeah. Because me and Benny Ben went to college together. Okay, yeah. And um, I used to go over Benny Ben's crib or over his dorm room, and uh he would teach me how to um. This was around the time, yeah, he was teaching me how to uh, DJ and how to, you know, do certain things and scratch and shit like that. And, uh, yo, he had the direct drive techniques and shit, man, and totally big difference. Like, I literally would come back to my room, I'm like, I wouldn't touch my shit. I'm like, yo, I don't <laughs> want to touch this. <laughs> right, you're, you're like, this uh... is horrible. Belt drive bullshit. Like, <laughs> it was the worst, man, and, dog uh, but then I think that lasted for, like, maybe a month and i gave it up and i was like i'm not doing this shit it's too hard i'm gonna stick to just making beats man and you know i wasn't any good at making beats really i mean I, I was but it still it was just like something i knew how to do and i'm like i'm gonna stick with this shit and fuck being a dj you know secretly i think uh we all want to be a dj sometimes man
1: yeah i think yeah i think i do dj i am a dj but like i remember when i was young i was like for the longest time, I was like, "Oh, I wanted to do-. that was like the thing that I really wanted to do," yeah. and it took me years. See, you do it, man. It's like, it took me years to like finally get up the like the nerve to like to actually do it. Like, like I play like,
2: sets. Like I, I literally, I'll travel around. I play sets all over the place, but I make sure that they know that I'm not a DJ. Like I would never disrespect the craft and say. Yo, this is DJ Apollo Brown, or call myself a DJ, or even call my set or whatever I'm doing DJing. Like I'm not DJing. I'm literally a producer playing my favorite songs. And the
1: funny thing is, is that's what a lot of guys in the electronic music scene did. They're the guys that weren't DJs who made music and they needed a way of touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They became DJs, and they're crap you know yeah yeah <laughs> and you could tell that they're crap at doing it but <laughs> they still made a lot of money because yeah, yeah. the stuff that the music that they were making was so popular that people would continue to book them yeah you know I mean, but
2: i mean I, I kind of came to realize while i'm out playing my sets and stuff that a lot of the people um it, it depending on where you go they don't care about scratching and transitions and stuff like that. All they care about is
1: the selection of music. That's where it's kind of gone you know what I'm saying. Over the over the past however many years. All the recently. tricks
2: and shit and all the stuff that like, you know, if you're going to watch DJ Jazzy Jeff, you know, you know what you're going to watch. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're going there for a specific reason to get a show, get a turntableism show. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was the scratch pickles or you know, the X Men or whatever. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, you know what you were you getting. knew what you were getting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I think if you're going to just listen to music, you could care less. A lot of times, scratching will just ruin it. You'd be like, <laughs> right? Be like, stop it, dog. Or you'd be you have the DJ that keeps playing the same shit back over and over. And you'd be like, dog, play the song, bro. Like, <laughs> you just played the same shit back. You you ran it back 20 times, man. And I'm like. <laughs> Just get mad Because you're like You're not there for that You know There for that You know what I'm saying Run it back Run it back Run it back again No dog Just play the song Like Rinse it mate So it just really depends (laughs) On what you're What you're there for And you know What the people want to hear And and I've come to realize That a lot of people Just they It's all about selection man And Especially hip hop shows They want to hear shit that You know Obviously the popular Popular shit Like the Mass Appeals And the, the Shook Ones And shit like that Like but they also want to hear that grimy shit, man. They, they want to hear, I always play grimy, you know, that grimy shit. That, right. hidden, that hidden number six on the album that <laughs> right. I loved. Yeah. But I, I also go into my set with a, kind of a, an explanation, you know. It's kind of like a, yo, you know, um, let's pretend that you guys are all my friends. You guys are all my best friends. And you're chilling with me in my studio, or you're chilling with me at my house or in my bedroom, man, and I'm about to play music. You know what I'm saying? This is what I would do. This is the music that I would play while I'm cleaning up the house. Or this is my favorite <laughs> right. songs. You know, I always go into it with that type of, you know, letting them know, like, yo, this is... So if you don't like this song, it doesn't really matter. I like this song. So I'm kind of, you know going into it with that. And I may even stop a song in the middle of it and go to a whole nother one, man. Like, yo, I'm tired of that joint. Let's go to a different one. (laughs) Just on some, like, really, you know, unpolished-ass, on-purpose, just so you know, like, yo, I'm not a DJ. You're not going to hear crazy transitions. Right, right. right. You're not going to hear beat matching and scratching and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I use a fucking controller, first off. Like you know i use a uh, twitch i got this twitch right here what? you know i use this twitch right here i got four of them fucking things man <laughs> or i got my uh you know my uh my, this one right here that i travel with for the m- most part i used to travel with that all the time and then i just travel with this now the um what is it the uh my pioneer joint <clears throat> This joint right here. Yeah. Yeah. So I traveled with that, you know, and, you know, it's just... I had to switch equipment, man. I used to always travel with the Twitch, man, and just, that was it. And I'd have backups. I'd bring backups with me just in case. But I went from this MacBook to that MacBook. And this has the old operating system. This has the brand new OS. And little did I know, last time I went on tour... That this OS and this are not compatible. Found out at Soundcheck before my <laughs> first show. For the first uh, show of that tour. Right. I was like, yo, we need to go to Sam Goody. Or not Sam Goody, but like a, a Guitar Center type store. You got one of those around? Because I have to buy new equipment now. Because, and I'm reading up on it. And I'm like, yo, these, don't, these aren't compatible. That's not compatible with the new operating system. So I'm like, shit, I'm glad
1: I found out at Soundcheck. Yeah, there's a big problem with a lot of like, a lot of music equipment not being compatible with the the latest. Uh, yeah, yo, that's Max uh, system.
2: That's what they said at the store, man. I'm like, cause I'm I brought all my equipment. I'm like, yo, can you get this to work together? And it was like, this won't. It doesn't match
1: up, man. Yeah, a lot of people see. haven't even upgraded to the, the latest operating system. And I wish I did. Still well, happens. I wish I didn't. Still man. haven't because so much crap is, uh, whether it's Serato or whatever else. Yeah. Like, it's just not compatible fully with it yet, you know? So, it's it's crazy.
2: It's crazy, yeah. And now, depending on what the show is, like, we got a show on Thursday, I might, I'll probably bring this and that, just because it's really easy, and I could just put it all in this little bag right here and carry it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Instead of carrying this big-ass bag with all the stuff that goes with that, that's the one I'll take, I take overseas with me, and then this laptop, um what used to be the old yeah, just now I, i'm just in this whole process of like switching things up man and and, and kind of learning this new piece of machinery man and it's driving me crazy <laughs> because i'm not a dj you right. know what i'm saying like my whole thing with this was yo i need the smallest most user-friendly piece of equipment i can get that i can just push a few buttons do a few things, man, faded some stuff out, I'm good to go, and that was the Twitch, man, Novation Twitch, it was Serato itch, you know, it was right there at my fingertips, everything was good, and
1: now I got to switch, man, so, anyway. When did you originally, you know, start, you know, getting the itch to, like, want to make beats? Um, it was funny, man, I was like,
2: I think I started analyzing music. Probably around the same time that, um, like, uh, main source Breaking Atoms came out. Like, that is the album that probably made me really wonder, like, yo, how are they doing this? Like, this is amazing. Like, I didn't understand sampling or anything yet, you know, I didn't, under- but I knew that something was going on, man. Because I'm sitting here, like, I'm listening to to songs and I'm breaking down the drums and and I'm breaking down the music and I'm noticing... I'm noticing repetition throughout the song, and I'm like, yo, is that like a loop? Is that what that is? There's that, a lot that, going on on that loop? album, you know man. I'm oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, is this a loop? Or, is it, like, what is this doing? Like, it keeps going around the same, you know, and, you know, I, know what a, I didn't know what a bar was at the time, you know, like, but right. it's going around, I just noticed it's going around <laughs> the same length every time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And drums and just everything, man. It's like, I knew that, I didn't just want to be a listener anymore, man. I wanted to participate, you know what I'm saying? And I want to be a part of it. It didn't start until, like, 1996, though. I started making beats in 96, and uh, then it was just like, you know, it was obviously for the first 10 years, man, it was kind of a, I guess you would call it a hobby or something that I just was doing, man, and all the way up until probably 2007. Around the time I met you is when I really started, like, Showing people what I was doing,
1: yeah, cause I do remember and, and, you were kind of like in that little transition period where you're finally. Yeah, I didn't even know like
2: I didn't have a name. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: right, cause that's the thing when yeah, like when I met you, you weren't going by uh, a yeah. Brown. I didn't. I didn't have a name. Bro. <laughs> like I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. Uh, I had just gotten back
2: into to making music, man, and and I was like, yo, my cousin and a couple other people would kind of. Cause I stopped totally making music. and, Like I didn't touch a beat in two thousand, all two thousand five, all two thousand six. I thought I would quit. I was like, "Oh, this hobby's dead. Yeah. It's not going anywhere." You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no fan base for what I'm doing. You know, whatever. And then uh, in two thousand seven, early two thousand seven, my cousin was showing me a bunch of stuff, man. He was like, "Yo, there's a fan base for what you do, bro." Like, look at this, man. He was showing me like a bunch of Dilla stuff, and and a bunch of, you know, Preem stuff, and I was always up on, you know, that, but I didn't realize, like, there's that many, there's fans out here that want that, you know what I'm saying, there's fans out here that want that music, they want to, they, that's what they want, they want that real, you know, quote-unquote, real hip-hop, and I'm like, yo, maybe I need to start making beats again, man, and it was like, I, I started doing it, and I'm glad I did, and then um, I didn't have a name, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, who am I? And Finale helped name me, you know what I'm saying? It was was crazy because I did a showcase at, um, God, what was that little bar called, man? I think it was on 8 Mile. Shoes used to run shit there.
1: What, uh, Buddha Lounge? Buddha Lounge, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. at the Buddha Lounge, man. I had my very first showcase. Didn't even know what a showcase was, but I'm about to participate, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I was living in Cleveland at the time, and I, uh, she was just like, yo, you wanna do this, man? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. You know, and because Finale put me on. And I came up on my way up from Cleveland, it's a three hour drive, the whole drive, man. I'm trying to think of a name. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like, I didn't, because I have to write my name down on the list. Right. (laughs) Because I'm about to showcase, and they're gonna call me, and they'll be like, yo, such and such, it's your turn, whatever. And I'm like, damn, I don't even have a name, bro. Like, So I'm, I'm all the whole way up, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a name, man. And I'm like, what is, what I, okay, yeah, yeah, this, this, and that. Maybe I'll call myself the natural. Or maybe I'll call myself, I don't, I don't even know, man. But I was like, so finally I was like, yo, Apollo, that's the Greek god of music. And I'm like, maybe I'll just call myself Apollo. Boom, there we go. There's the name, Apollo. Then I'm like, nah man, I don't want something that's you know, I want something that's more of a name, more of a first and last name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want anything that was like the machine, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like I didn't want that. You know, I wanted you know, on some like Kanye West type shit. Let's yeah. like, you know, first and last name type, you know. So I'm like, all right, so Apollo, I'm gonna keep that. Huh. Apollo Green? <laughs> I contemplated green a couple times. <laughs> I did. And I was like, Apollo green. Apollo green. I'm saying it to myself. And then I'm like, yo, yo, what up, Apollo green? Yo, it's Apollo green. And I'm doing it a bunch of different ways <laughs> and shit. I'm like, nah, that's not that's not it, man. That's not sticking. And I'm like, I come up with Apollo Brown. And I'm like, Brown? It's like James Brown. That's one of my favorite artists. You know? Okay. A nod to James Brown. All right, Apollo Brown. So I call up I call up Derek, man, and you know, I call up finale and I'm like, Yo, I think I got a name, bro. And he's like, What, man? Tell me. And I was like, What you think of Apollo Brown? He was like, Yo, that's it. That's nice. I like that. That's dope. Keep that. And I'm like, Bet, my name's Apollo Brown. So I get to the to the uh, the showcase and you know, it's like mad people in there, man. I'm I'm like all fidgety and shit. Like I've never done this before. I've never showed my beats to anyone. Right, you know what I'm saying, and so um, I get there, I put my name on the list and shit, and finally it was like my turn to to rock, and they're calling Apollo Brown, and I'm I'm not answering because I don't know who the fuck Apollo Brown is, bro. I'm like, yo, who is this dude? And I'm just sitting there chilling, man. Like, and yo, they they had to give somebody else my turn because I didn't come up, and I'm and so I went up there, I was like, yo, did you call? And they were like, yeah, we called Apollo Brown. I'm like, oh, shit, man. I'm Apollo Brown. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. And so they ended up putting me on. And I was playing my joints. I think I played maybe like 10 joints, 10 or 12 joints. And the reaction of the people was like, yo, who the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, who is this dude? Like, we know all the other cats in this room. Yeah, Who's this guy? Never seen him before. Never heard him before. Yo, and ever since then, man, shit, name stuck, sound stuck, everything. Then I think Shoes put me on another joint with like KT and Nick Speed, and and ever since then, man, I was just doing mad showcases, and then I started beat battling and shit, and doing all that stuff. But yeah, man, it, it's it's been a it's been a road, bro. It's been
1: been fun. Do you do you look back? Even if it's some, <clears throat> do you look back and do you see? Like if there was like a song that you did early on that really sort of set the tone for you know everything that came afterwards. Cause I feel like the joint you did with Finale Bang Bang really see that's funny, sort man. of set the tone for a lot of things. Even though I know you kind of hate that, I hate that joint, dog. I and everybody like...
2: knows that, and, and and Finale knows that shit. I hated that beat. I couldn't stand it. He was like, yo, I need this beat. And I'm like, yo, the beat is fucking horrible, man. I don't want this. We're like, no. But we all loved it. And everybody else loved that shit. And I'm like, yo, this beat is horrible. But, you know, it turned out to be a dope song. I liked the song, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it ended up growing on me, you know, in time. And even though I didn't like the beat, and it was my part that I didn't like, you know what I'm saying, the beat. So, you know, he did his thing, you know, but... I just didn't man I was not in love with that shit but that was that was definitely uh you know a joint that um that kind of carried on to other shit man and you know Finale was yeah I mean that was I think the joint that probably cemented me uh in Detroit though was probably Contra or Danny Brown yeah that was probably um
1: yeah, that was that you was big one. I'll go there. into
2: places, man. Now and you know that joint will come on, you know, in Detroit or whatever. Or like we'll be at shows and they'll play that shit, and you'll hear everybody just spitting all the words to it and whatever, whatever. And I'm just sitting there, just like, damn, man, that shit is that shit is dope, man. It's like a Detroit staple and shit. I'm like, yo, that's no, it definitely was. You know, that- and I'm like, yo, that's that's crazy. But that was probably the one right there that really kind of. You know, people always ask who produced that shit, you know, and, you know, the name comes up, Apollo Brown, and, oh man, I
1: need to do some shit with that dude. So, that was probably it right there. Cool. To kind of wrap up this uh, interview, like, I know, like, outside of all of this music stuff, that you also, you're a photographer also. I I
2: am. I am, or was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I haven't opened this bag in quite some time, but, and that tripod over there, but uh i was yeah yeah absolutely i've been published in a in a lot of different magazines and, and and newspapers and uh i used to work for the michigan citizen so i used to uh do a lot of their um press photography and you know shit for the newspaper and stuff so um but i did it all on my you know a lot of uh you know stuff i had a i had a, a business called crush media group with uh kevin davis man my best friend so he um he kind of took that over and and, and continued it on because the music stuff started getting real yeah. crazy with me. I man, I didn't have time to really devote to it, but um, yeah, no, I used, to, um, I used to, I used to, I enjoy it, man. I still enjoy it. I just don't have a lot of time for it, man. You know, when I used to shoot with Finale and shit, and yeah. you know, shoot all his, his, his sets and you know, Invincible and Majestic Legend, and it's a lot of different people, man. I used to always love shooting artists and groups, man, and. That was like my favorite thing to do was was doing that shit. I used to shoot my own my own photo sets, man. I would set up my tripod, put the the timer on ten, and 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 shoot my own shit. <laughs> like that picture right there, I shot. That was my own shit. Like I just be, but, um, you know, going down and shooting architectural landscapes and you know inner city, you know, kind of contrast stuff, man. Pretty and ugly, and I, yeah, I, I love that, man, and. I wish I can get back into it. I, I probably can, you know, things slow down a little bit, man. I can get back into it. And, but I enjoyed it. It was cool. You know, I still do it every now and then. Hopefully, uh, I can get into shooting artists again. That'd be dope. Yeah, fun times, man. A lot of, you know, I'm not a jack of all trades, I wouldn't say. But, uh I dabble.
1: Dabble. So, yeah. Cool. All right, thanks for being on the podcast, man.
2: Hey, man, thank you for having me, bro. It's been a it's been a ride, man. We've known each other for a long time, and you know you're lucky. I haven't plucked like a patch of hair out of your arm yet. Uh-oh. I will before you leave, though. Believe that. You better watch yourself. Oh, and uh, I'm running out of here. Nah, man. man this is uh, <laughs> what you think about the orange room, man. You like the orange room?
1: Oh, this is fantastic. Like
2: this is this is a room I dedicated to myself, man. It's very vain. It's very... Yeah, you um, have
1: all your stuff. It's very
2: selfish. It's very... Um, your face is literally you know, all over It's the place. very self-absorbed, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? But, but it, you know, I, I think I earned this, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is my house. This is my studio. And these are all posters from overseas. You know, some of the posters I get over there... So I'm a writer, man. I require posters. So it's like, yo, there needs to be posters backstage when I go backstage. Like, that's just one of my things. So... Um, you know, everything Out, you know, aside from the Dilla, you know, Dilla poster right there, uh, everything in here is my face and, you know, my name and, but I think I, you know, I think I deserved it and I owed it to myself, man. And it was just, uh, it's, right, it's, uh, it's a, inspirational. Right. It's a great, it's a because, great reminder. Yeah. Man. That's, a, that's, and I look at the albums that I've made in the past and I'm like, yo, I really want to, I want to top that, man. And And, you uh, and at, at you any know, time
1: you could have been like, none of this could have happened
2: absolutely man it could be blank walls bro it could be
1: blank in here but but you've done all this gone to all not, these man. places yeah. yeah man you know so, rocked all these shows absolutely made all this music
2: this is you know it's just a small room but it's my small room bro and it's dedicated to me so i'm glad you like it man and i'm glad to be on the podcast bro it's it's uh it's a long time coming man I, i've seen the list of everybody else who's on the on the podcast and it's like, damn, I'm not on here, man. we each other for a minute, bro. So, no, no, it was cool, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. All right, thank you.
1: So that was the interview with Apollo Brown. It's always good talking with him. Go pick up his whole discography. It's all dope, all good music, all good hip-hop. So let's get on to the knuckle-up segment with V-Styles. Welcome to the knuckle-up segment of Fresh's Word for this week. As usual, my co-host V Styles with me. How you doing, man? Hey, what's good? Okay, fresh. You good? Hell yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's what's up. Since we, you know, talked a lot of MMA first in the first two uh, weeks, let's get, you know, let's get off Ooh. into some pro wrestling first this week. And okay, first off, I gotta call you out on a little something, man. You <laughs> you went online. Okay, give it to me. You went online and you besmirched the beautiful name of Alexa Bliss, oh saying that God, she has a man. nose like Triple H. She is a she does. She has a, she uh, is a goddess. She is a goddess, and you cannot uh, besmirch the name of Alexa Bliss. Oh,
0: um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I, you know, where did she come from? Like, you know, where, where, where. where I, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily get the WWE. Sometimes, man, it's like what,
1: like how, how? What's going on? What? 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 If she Triple H's daughter, what's going on? No, how well, to get her quick like that? Her quick, her quick, like in a nutshell, uh, back history is that she was like a um, a fitness competitor, and okay. um, I don't know how she transitioned to going into NXT. Um, I did actually read that somewhere, but it escapes my mind. But um, I feel like she has actually made a huge progress from her time in uh, NXT to when she's been from this uh, short period of time that she's been on the main card. I'm super enjoying Mm -hmm. uh, her feud right now with uh, Becky Lynch, and she's like such. I feel like she's such a good heel that I'm super enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying a lot of the women's division stuff on SmackDown specifically going on. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm always, you know. Excited to what's coming next, you know, with with the, with their uh, specifically. I mean, the Alexa Bliss, uh, Becky Lynch feud, and even the Carmella and Nikki Bella, uh, uh, feud. It's like they actually like feel like they hate each other, you know. Um, Carmella, Carmella is another corny character. I, I mean,
0: I, I don't know, maybe it's because it's the whole soul act with her, but you know, when I see her. Like she's forced to moonwalking, uh,
1: <laughs> but I, I still like her. I still like her
0: to be the female version of Enzo, and, and it's like, uh, you know, what are you doing? That looks corny too. You know, okay, all right. And it's I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about this. This, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I can't front. I've been enjoying enjoying the the women's product a little lately, but. Um, I just think some certain people need to pay their dues, and Alexa Bliss and Carmella ain't really paying no dues, man. They they need to, you know, they need a kind of like a low few, you know, within the women's division before you know boosting themselves up to where they are right now.
1: I don't know. I feel like uh, both of them like, have actually uh, improved so much in comparison to how well, other women in WWE have. Uh, progressed over the previous years, so that's why I'm enjoying them. About... I said, "Who are you talking about? This is the women in general?" Just, um, actually, um, a lot of the women in general, but um, Alexa Bliss and Carmella, uh, in particular, they um, they actually have some really cool move sets in the ring, unlike some of the other women that have had you know in previous years. You know, um, we're seeing. I just feel like we're seeing a lot more from these women um right now than you know when it was like the divas division and and shit like that the the moment i noticed that was um okay after the whole uh brand draft everybody was like oh Oh. shit uh you know smackdown really they have they're you know definitely inferior whatever but then around SummerSlam, they had that um specifically in the women's division they had that uh six-pack uh women's match and then mm-hmm. two days later, at um on SmackDown Live, they had like a you know a five women's match, and these you know and all all the girls that were in, in this match were just going all out, and I was just like it was action everywhere, and I'm like, whoa, this is actually super entertaining, and from there they branched out into all these uh, feuds, and I was like, this is actually really entertaining, man, I, I really enjoy this. Yeah,
0: I'm I, you know some about. You know, you know I'm not a fan of uh, necessarily the Usos, man. But uh, which one of them is married to the to the to the uh, the, the female uh, wrestler, the black
1: female? Yeah, uh, Was it Jimmy? Yeah, I think Jimmy's are married to Naomi. Naomi, to me, is the best athlete.
0: You know, in her and uh, and uh Ric Flair's daughter. You know, just yeah, in the ring stuff just looks real nice. Flair uh, daughter get that love. Um, uh, she doesn't get that love at all. I mean, you can do some of the things that she do, and in, in, in the ring, and still don't get that love. And you got to lose to people like I know this your girl, but you know, you got to lose to people like uh, you know, like Alexa Bliss yeah. and. You know, it's like, wow. What do you, you know, are y'all ever go push these women? Are these women, you know, finally go get that love? I like, uh, I like Naomi.
1: Yeah, I've I've always um, liked Naomi. She's always been, and she's actually one. I think one of the most athletic people in WWE. Not just women, but not just women. Not just women. She's but one she of the most she athletic. Don't, she she don't get that same
0: look though, man. i will be like, man, what, what what's going on, man? Yeah. yeah, but WWE's starting to make me mad, man. I, I, some of the things I see them do, is like, man, why, uh, you know, uh, okay, I get it, I guess, you so, know. Yeah, so They've completely, th- they completely taken my man and made him the new version of Coco
1: Beware. Oh, uh. You know. What, um, you know uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, what's his name? Um why
0: Why is it uh you know who i'm talking you know who i'm talking about man. i was gonna
1: ask you about this dude. why why oh rich swan no nah, not rich swan um he's going
0: black dude he be doing the flip to the oh, ring oh, and stuff oh, like Apollo that paulo cruz paulo cruz is the new millennium coco beware when he go out now unless it's against a wrestler that i don't know or pug i expect him to lose he has too much talent just to be losing every week to these, you know, to these guys. That's, you know, they may have a different gimmick to him, but less inferior than than what he is. Man, that dude is like he got moves. You know, he he can put on a hell of a wrestling match, man. But I don't I don't foresee him, you know, going past an intercontinental uh, a uh, intercontinental championship. You know. um I love the fact. I love the fact that AJ Styles is champion right now.
1: Oh yeah. I, I actually wanted to ask you about this for a while now, and I brought up uh, Rich Swan, um, um, just now in regards, and then you have Apollo Cruz. When it when it comes to, uh, like, um, black wrestlers, what mm-hmm. what's sort of that line that it where it's entertainment and shucking and jiving? Because sometimes, like, I've asked you this before, like, the beginning of the New Day, when Mm -hmm. their thing wasn't going over, and they're doing doing a lot of dancing and stuff. Like, where's that line drawn where it's, like, where it kind of becomes offensive?
0: Um, well, if you've been watching... You know, wrestling like how we watch it. You know, we see we see things, man. Um, I, I, you know, there's there's never been a WWE World Champion of uh, a, a, a black wrestler. There's, there hasn't been one guy that that's held, you know, that belt. Right. Um, people people want to say The Rock. Da 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 da. da I mean, yeah. That's true, but they don't recognize the black side, you know, other than when they talking about, you know, Rocky Johnson, for the most part, they, you know, focus on the, you know, Peter My via side, man. So they talk about the solo side that they really do, um, the black side and, you know, he's, not, he, I mean, I love the rock, but the real is, you know, they, he, 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 appe- he, he appeals to all, Yes. but the WWE don't, to me, they don't celebrate. That side of them. They celebrate the Samoa side of them. Um there has never been a WWE champion. Um you you got you know WWE World Championship, the old the old gold belt that Rick Flair had. Yes. Yeah, you know, you had the Booker Cheese, you had uh your Mark Henry's, yeah, they had those belts. Yeah but You know, to me, the legitimate belt, you know, is a WWE world title. And I don't know what it is, man. It's like, why are you afraid to put, you know, the belt, you know, on on one of us? I think, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, it's sad when you look back and Ryan Simmons, and I'm a huge Ryan Simmons fan, but, you know, you go back, Ryan Simmons is our first black world champion. Yeah. You know, and... And that belt back then was watered down, you know, because of what was happening with NWA, uh, WCW, you know. But to never see one in the WWE, it's like, wow, man. You, you know, I guess, I guess we get enough for certain things. You know, we'll get them tag straps or we'll get, you know, we'll get the Inter- Continental Championship. But I have yet to see, you know, okay, yeah, Jack will But it wasn't like you know, uh a long run, you know, it they just promote their wrestlers differently, man. And I just noticed that, you know, uh, our top guys over there always wind up being, you know, the, the the people that
1: almost got it, but, you know, just didn't get it. They'll never be like the I, face of the company type type wrestler.
0: And it, it should be i just think now we're in to do a new age to where you know you can have a lot you know you it, it, it's a lot more you can do you know with your your african-american wrestlers than have them with these corny ass gimmicks because if you really think about it you know and this is what burns me sometime about you know uh wwe events the New Day gimmick was really meant to fail. Yeah. Um, them, them dudes, they made that gimmick work. And once they made the gimmick work, the fans got, the fans got behind it. You know, I hated it initially when they, you know. Because the, the original um, idea guy, of it was like this yeah, sort I of can,
1: positivity coming from the church, but we're going to be heels type thing, you know. and That shit was cool, it was, it was It was an like awful promise. Do. <laughs> it was awful, but but they were able to take like take the shit and shine it up <laughs> into something that yeah, go, they, got they over with that the crowd. Like who does, that's why
0: I became that's why I started rooting for them because individually, you know, I, I felt like like Coffee Kingston's his talent is just uh, he has an incredible talent, man. I, I got a lot of respect for that dude. I remember. I started, I started liking Kofi Kingston, man, when uh, he using in a Royal Rumble match. He always felt like he had talent. But when he was in a Royal Rumble match, he got knocked out. And he walked on his fucking hands to Dude, not get
1: eliminated. That was incredible. <laughs> Say again? That was incredible. That was one of the best, like, I- moments.
0: I've never seen nothing like that in my life. I was like, oh my God, look at this. And I and I was already a coffee fan, but I had never seen nobody do no shit like that. And, you know, when, when the WWE see the same, they see the same shit that we do. How is it that you don't reward those type of guys? And I guess in their way, they reward you with the WWE Tag Team Championship and them holding the titles for over a year. So, I mean, that's all Good, that's cool, but they didn't believe in that. They didn't believe in that, Kevin. So that's not that's not them winning. That's the New Day winning. And every week, I foresee eventually, you know, eventually they're gonna they're gonna cut that off button on the New Day. What what are all three of them going to do there? You know, I mean, it's, it's hard for my man. So I root for them guys because they weren't the guys that. That, that really was getting rooted on by the company. Them dudes was given a gimmick that pretty much, if it had been anybody else, they would have failed. Them dudes took some win with, you know, the fans love it. You know, good guys, bad guys, it doesn't matter. When you when you take when, – when, when the fans are saying, hey, this is who we want to rock with, sometimes, man, you have no choice but to listen to it, man. Hopefully, you know – uh you know, in the next round of their solo event, you, I mean, because eventually it, it's going to happen. Don't know when, but, you know, what's going to happen when they lose the tag team titles? Are they going to lose their luster? You know, um, you know, Big E is, you know, the the the, the big the biggest guy of the three. You know, what's going to happen with him? Because we really didn't like Big E back in the day. And then Big E, big e you know, that, you know, they transform a, 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 a suck of the jab and gimmick into some shit that, you know, I like seeing every week. So, yeah, a lot of people got a problem with New Day and they shenanigans, man. The dudes make me laugh, so that's all I care about.
1: Right, and a big part of their uh, their whole thing now is is they always keep it relevant. They always throw in stuff that's going on, like in real life. Yep. and. They, that's why they make it, keep it fresh, you know, and then they throw in stuff that are actually real life to them, you know, like all the video game mm-hmm. references and, and shit like that. So that's, you know, that's why they're always continually, you know, being able to get over with the crowd. You know, sometimes they do some things that, you know, that fall flat, but then, mm-hmm. they, you know, the next week they do something different, you know, they realize, okay, that shit didn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, but
1: they, they had to force, they forced
0: the WWE hand, man, to get behind them, man. I just, you know, you know when motherfucker ain't it's like, man, oh yeah, this shit ain't gonna rock, man. Then the fans start loving that shit. Now it's like, oh yeah, we need to get behind them. Fuck out of here, man. You got one of your top wrestlers on there that can do incredible things in the ring. Uh, Elijah, uh, excuse me, not Elijah, Javier. Xavier Woods is, yes. you know, if you didn't know it other than him blowing uh, that, uh, that trombone, he's a talented cat. You know, when you start watching him wrestle and, you know, it's like, wow, this dude is really, he's a talented guy, man. But he ain't going to get that. To me, he's the icing on the cake when it comes to the new day because of the things that he can do, you know, the blowing the horn and, being able to talk the way he talks, man. Them dudes, they all they all make magic in the ring. But I wonder, like I keep going back here. What are they gonna do when you know it, it, it's eventually their run is gonna come over? How is it gonna affect all three of them? You know, they're not gonna get that push. You know, that push that you know, like, like say if you know hypothetically if it was AJ Styles, they're not gonna get that look. They ain't going to get that. They're only going to be reserved to, you know, tag team or any other secondary.